this is the Champions League semi-final. This is no time for believing in yourselves. <laughs> Welcome to Injury Time. I'm Jordan Robinson. And I'm Darren Matthews with a big sore foot. Yeah. Okay. Uh, a couple of things that I'm annoyed about this weekend. Uh, um, okay. Number one, I came to see uh, you play football this weekend, which was great. It was one of the first uh, live sporting events I've been to in well over a year. Uh, mm-hmm. And it felt great to be back spectator wise. Now, the thing that I'm annoyed about is because I was really banking on you being shite so I could take the piss out of you in the podcast, but you actually (laughs) play fucking amazing, which is really annoying. (laughs) If if anybody wants to fucking host a sports podcast, Jordan's looking (laughs) a new co-anchor here. Yeah, no, I and I was gonna I was gonna say this. I didn't want to put too much pressure on you uh, at the start of the game, but I was like, look, you see if you score today. I will change the intro music. So instead of the Balotelli Aguero thing, I'll do it when Solskjaer scored against Bayern Munich. <laughs> and I was like, no, nah, that's too much pressure on the wee man. And you just go, <laughs> you fucking, you, you turn into, I, I'm trying to think of good football players. Uh, you just, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I got our first score of the match, which was a goal, which was good. It was a, I think it was a shot that dropped short and I just followed it in and, got my hand to it thankfully i think the keeper panicked a wee bit so but other than that it was great um really good fun um it's kind of weird i think to the casual observer i probably look like a psychopath playing football mm. oh yeah, I, yeah, shout yeah. A, I shout a lot but i am actually enjoying myself yeah people don't believe that because once <laughs> the game's done i'm like that was great crack and you're like one you didn't win and two you're nuts what are you talking <laughs> about but, exactly i was i was scared to talk to you at the end i'm like i'll just talk to you tonight darren see you later bye <laughs> uh, um no, I, I like that. Um, I, I, I like the fact that um, when players take up not exactly a coaching role, but it, it's like the essential, like, people need to talk in sports teams, whether it be any sport. And when they start, like, conversing with each other and stuff like that, I mean, like, that's that's how you, that's the, the moniker of a good team, in my opinion. Uh, today was great fun, man. It was a beautiful day for a game. It the was, was. It was great. lovely. Even, even though it was 3G, so my, my foot's killing me, or my knees are sore, but... I got, I got stood on as well. My foot's fucking killing me. But on that, it was just really nice to be back. As you said, playing something, going to something, fucking watching something. And the match it is, after that, after the, the controversy that was us actually getting out to play a game, that wasn't even the most controversial thing that happened in sport today. I know. It's crazy. What are we going let's to talk, talk about? about the, let's talk about the fucker that left a review for you. Okay, yes, let's do that. I thought you were talking about the United game, but we'll do this. We'll do that next. We'll do that next. <laughs> right, okay. So um, now, uh, as someone who does a couple of different podcasts, uh, this, this is going to sound really conceited, but it is readings and reviews on podcasts and stuff is how you, uh, number one, get a bit of following, uh, are able to uh, up the like production value of the podcast and stuff like that. So the more people that listen, the more people that leave positive reviews and stuff, the better it is. And obviously me and you are doing this uh, by ourselves. We're not getting paid by anybody to do this. This is solely off our own bats. Um, so it's not like some... Uh, you know, it's not like Fox Sports uh, Injury Time podcast with Darren and Jordan. It's not. It's nothing like that. We we aren't in the pocket of ESPN. Like, uh, yeah, this is just something fun that I do with one of my best mates uh, on the weekends. Uh, and some utter cunt has left us a one star review on iTunes. Now. The likelihoods that that person is listening to this uh, this message that I'm giving out now is very slim. I'll give you that. Uh, and if he is listening, why the fuck are you still listening if you gave us a one-star review? <laughs> um, but since he has done us a misfortune, 
I, uh, I like to think of things. In the Bible, it says an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Uh, I don't believe in that. Uh, as Gandhi said, it leaves the world eyeless and toothless. So um, I promise uh, to the person who left that one star review, I won't tell anybody that you were one of the people holding Jimmy Bryson up in that wheelie bin. I promise <laughs> I won't say it. I will not tell another soul. I swear, I swear on my head. What if you come happens. forward, there will be no further repercussions. But yeah, I, exactly. I didn't realize. And it, the annoying thing is, like all the other platforms, I don't think it matters. But on iTunes, it's yeah, actually it really the matters. five star reviews you get. It it prompts you up the chart kind of thing. Yeah. And makes you sort of more of the people want to listen to you. So yeah. Um, I mean, look, if I had feelings, that would hurt them. But um, <laughs> yeah. if I could feel anything right now. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, no, that, that, that felt good to get off my chest. I'm not annoyed about it anymore. Good. Um, okay. shall, shall we get on to other people's hurt feelings about uh, a certain uh, Manchester-based team that are owned by a couple of wankers? Yeah, 200 fans invaded Old Trafford today. I'm assuming that there was, I mean, security must have been not expecting that. Exactly. And also, if there's no fans in the stadium, then clearly you need, what, 10 stewards to run the fucking stadium while the team comes in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, a pitch invasion at, I think, about half one. And then, which meant that they were talking about the teams not leaving the hotel till later yeah. and delaying the game. But then now they've just postponed the game. I'm assuming yeah. maybe that was the, I've, I have a feeling that that was the TV people's call. Yeah. No, I, I think it was Jurgen Klopp. He just wants Virgil van Dijk to be back in the lineup before they play United. Yeah, they can hold <laughs> off, hold off. In fact, they weren't United fans. They were all Scousers. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, uh, it's crazy. And uh, obviously... I understand why they did it and stuff like that, but that kind of shit, that doesn't fly. Like, because apparently. Do you, do you not think, you think it was a bad idea? Oh, 100%. 100%. Even if there was nobody that got injured, but two um, police officers for the Greater Manchester Police um, had to go to hospital for serious face lacerations. And I don't. Oh, shit. I see. I, I didn't know that. I mm-hmm. thought the idea, I think an idea of a protest outside the stadium or a peaceful protest, Fantastic. I think it was a great idea. Oh, yeah, I had no. no idea someone was injured because yeah. I thought, I thought fair play, and this is people who are disgruntled. Yeah. But yeah, no, you, if you're a protesting guys, gotta be, uh, gotta behave and rise, rise above. But I, I did enjoy that they had their wee yellow and green scarves. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. When they were, what was it, Heapford United before? I can't remember, but. Um, uh, yeah, that uh, those two colours, the green and yellow, uh, it's not just Donegal, it's um, it's like kind of like the protest colours against the Glazers um, since what, around about 2010 or so? Um, yeah. And hey, I, I fully support the protest. I even to a certain extent, uh, I mean, like technically, I think that is breaking and entering. So it was a crime to go under the pitch in United. Um, One of the... I've seen people, uh, there's people who are, you know, obviously clearly there were tweeting about it and, you know, you could see guys filming stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite thing was there was a couple of footballs there, obviously, for the I to warm up. Saw a couple it. of boys just started taking penalties and one way guy necked the corner flag. <laughs> <laughs> he'll, he'll be on Crime Watch this week. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, uh, to a certain extent, I know it is technically a crime, but uh, is it, okay, no, I'm not condoning this. I'm not condoning breaking and entering, but um, no, I'm 100% behind the fan protest but uh whenever violence is mixed into it it just it it takes away from the actual point you're trying to make of these people are ruining our club and we want them out because people just talk about the police officers that are injured and rightfully so you know like it deserves media coverage in terms of uh like letting people know that this is what happened but for people to, who do that, it, it, it just fucks me off because you, you and, and, and it's the exact same with any other type of protest. Um, if you get people peacefully protesting and there's just one or two dickheads there just to cause a, you know, a fucking ruckus, then, you know, that's all that it's remind, uh, it's remembered for. Yeah, I think, I mean, look, I'm no fan of the idea that the Glazers have bought Manchester United years ago. Because obviously people are saying, oh, this is a, a new thing. They shouldn't be protesting this. I think the first protests against the Glaciers were 10, 11 years ago. Yeah. So the idea of how the American model is of buying the teams is they can come in and it's like buying the club with its own worth or, yeah. you know, they, they pay very little for it. And then you can take the assets and worth out of the club. And pretty much once it's kind of a husk of a club, if you want to sell it, you can sell it for like a pound. You know, that kind of thing where clubs yeah. are so depleted. So there is a danger of a club like Manchester United doing that. Mm. Um, whereas I think the comparison tweet I saw today, whether this needs to be fact checked or not, was a guy said, 
The Glazers have taken a billion pounds out of Manchester United, while Man City's owners have put in two billion. Um, now, some of that money might was probably some poor signings as well. Yeah. But overall, it's working out quite well for them. Mm, so yeah, very much so. So yeah, and here here's the thing as well. This is something I was wondering because obviously, like West Ham got the new stadium stuff after the Olympics. Who is West Ham's owner? Is uh, it a private owner or a company? David Gold and uh, David Gold and David Sullivan. The guy and okay. Cara, your woman Karen Brady, the I think they're the ones former behind, Birmingham, yeah, yeah, they're the the ones behind Ann Summers and stuff like that. Which, to be honest, if you want to take a piss out of West Ham, what's the best place to start? Just go like you know, <laughs> they're just it's uh, like. <laughs> I was going to say if you if you don't like West Ham's owners, you can go fuck yourself. Well, that's number. That's actually a fucking great one. But I was just going to go like in the club shop, they'll be selling like vibrators and stuff with the West Ham logo on it, <laughs> which will be good. Um, but yeah, let's, yeah, let's let's go on our holidays here, Darren. Um, let's uh, go over to sunny, sunny Italy. Uh, Inter Milan have won their uh, the Scudetto. That's it. Already, this is done. That's was that. So they've actually won before Man City won because I was mm-hmm. looking back on like I I thought honestly mathematically Man City had the league won about two months ago. <laughs> exactly, enough. but apparently not. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Inter Milan uh, won their first uh, Scudetta after eleven years of waiting since Jose Mourinho was the manager when they did the treble. Uh, but sorry, a, excuse me. I remember good. that. Yeah. So. Um, after uh, so today they were crowned champions after second place at Atlanta drew with uh, Sassuolo um, and then the Milan Giants are 13 points clear and yeah so that's their first one they've won since 2010 uh, with ex Chelsea manager Conte. Yeah, I actually watched, there was something about Conte the other day. I looked at the stats about the teams he's brought up to places and things he's won with people. Mm-hmm. He is phenomenal. He, I mean. He, Jose Marino calls himself the special one, but I was like, actually, Conte has done quite a lot there. Yeah, yeah, he really so. has. Is he? Do you reckon if uh, Sedan leaves Madrid, he'll just follow in the footsteps of Jose Mourinho? And uh, <laughs> um, so, you know, Chelsea, uh, um, Inter Milan, maybe he'll go to Porto, <laughs> Madrid, United, uh, Tottenham. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, he's no. just follow following him around, doing a better job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, if he listened, maybe it was Jose Mourinho because we've talked shit about him before. Maybe he left the bad review on the podcast. <laughs> sure as well. One of the other things as well, I mean, like the bad review, uh, you were annoyed I was decent at football. Also, mm-hmm. I, I mean, we'll, it'll, it'll be covered as well in this week in sport, but um, you're quite annoyed the other night because you actually finally got to sit down and watch an Irish League game and it yeah. did not go your way. Was you not, right? Man, I, it's just like, it's the trials of tribu- trials and tribulations of being Jordan Robinson in uh, today's environments. It's like, you know, every day is just a new challenge, but hey, we get we, we go again. Isn't that what they say? We get up and we go again with all these minor inconveniences in my life. Um, uh, but yeah, and uh, um, uh, we wa- I watched the uh, Crusaders Lauren game yesterday uh, on BBC iPlayer live um, from Seaview, and uh, yeah, we'll talk about it more in this week in sport. But bitterly disappointed. Can um, tell you're enthusiastic about that one. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like I'm so done at this point. Look, it's just uh, it's, it's very strange. Um, and yeah, that's that's pretty much us for the intro this week. Uh, you anything to add there? No, I am. Oh, uh, what have I got to add? It looks like Jamie Clark will not be joining the Armagh squad this year. I think he's moving to Paris, which, as far as I remember, Paris or Shedek, yeah. But, yeah. you know, they're more, much more of a, much more of a, a football and um, rugby kind of town. But anyway, these yeah. things aren't to be happening. That's about as much gossip as I have for you from the homeland. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's trading out Buckfast for a fine, fine French wine. For Plato. Hey, you know, if you can do it, you can do it. Um, so let's get into this week in sport. This week in sport. Excellent, excellent, excellent. This week in sport. Uh, we covered Sunday's games, didn't we, last week? We did indeed. Oh, perfect. Back back at it on Monday. Uh, Leicester beat Crystal Palace 2-1. Uh, yeah. yeah, pretty. pretty um, Wilfred Saha scoring in the first half. And then Ian Acho with the winner in the 80th minute. So, 
Yeah, uh, I, I heard the um, the rumors that Brendan Rodgers uh, was uh, top of the bookies' favorite list to uh, take up the Tottenham job next season. And I'm glad that he shot them down because I think he genuinely is too good of a manager for them. Um, yeah, he's, he, I mean, he's getting great results from Leicester with, at that point after Leicester won the league and then sold a lot of their key players. Mm-hmm. And now it's a completely different team to, you know, that, that team that won the league. I still yeah. think they're playing great stuff. I mean, yeah. they're, oh, for, by comparison, they have a budget of about 50 quid. So for playing Leicester. I know, and it's like selling Harry Maguire and able to the money they got from the transfer of Harry Maguire, they were able to like build a new training facility, which is yeah. Uh, I, you, yeah. you sent me the photo of that guys. If you get yeah. a chance, Google Leicester new training facility. It looks like fucking Hobbiton if it's, they had a football it, it's team. Like, it's crazy. Um, moving on to Tuesday now, Champions League semi final, first leg, Chelsea against Real Madrid. Now this was some game. Hey. This was good. I actually got why. to watch Champions League games. <laughs> don't know why. I just uh, channeled my inner Balamina there. But um, yeah, it was uh, it was definitely a, a game for the ages. Uh, and you do, as we said, you don't normally say that about draws, um, especially goalless draws. But it was 1-1 in this game with uh, Christian Pulisic and Ben Seema both scoring. I, Pulisic's goal was class It as was well. quality. It like. was so good. And then... Also, Benzema, what is he now? 46, 47? Uh, he could be 79 for all I know. Like, he's an old I'm not guy. sure. Yeah, he's... Uh, do you know what the annoying thing is? When we talk about old footballers, old to be a footballer is like Cavani, who's three years younger than me. So I can't be saying <laughs> anything here. Like. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and a little bit of uh, trivia knowledge for you. Uh, Christian Pulisic is the first American player, American-born and American national football player to score in the semifinal of a Champions League. Oh, okay. There you go. Well, I mean, Tim Hard wasn't going to do it, so... (laughs) Exactly. Um, Moving on to Wednesday's game. This is the second uh, um, Champions League uh, semi-final first leg, and this was PSG against Man City. Jordan, I think we actually predicted the game correctly. I think we did. Because I said to you, they'd both score, but I think Man City would win. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, it's We've taken done us, it. what episode? What episode are we on? Twenty six. It's taken us that many episodes to get a fucking guess right. Oh my yeah. god! I mean, like the curse is broken. We can now predict games without the the thought of us dooming their campaigns. But yeah. um, thinking about it this season, uh, and thinking about the whole thing with the Super League and Chelsea, Man City, and Real Madrid all signing up to go to the. Um, uh, the Super League, I, I found myself in a very rare territory for me in actually wanting PSG to win a match, <laughs> which I'm not used to, like, because obviously they're new money. They, they, um, uh, I mean, like, I'm looking at it like they are definitely the, uh, the lesser of two evils. Uh, but, you know, having, like, having 200 million on Neymar and stuff like that, I mean, like, it's, it's just how can other French teams... Uh, compete with that, which they can. But yeah, yet again, um, we we talked about uh, Pulisic's great goal. Did you mm-hmm. see De Bruyne's accidental goal? Yeah, I was looking at it and I was like, "What is Navas doing here? Is that not the most playground goal? Yeah, Get the cross odds in anyway." Fuck it. Yeah, exactly. It was almost like you today. It was like, "Was that a shot? Nope." <laughs> <laughs> I got it. <laughs> Great assist, buddy. Um, yeah. uh, and then Mares getting the winner in the 71st minute. So two away I, goals for City. I watched the, the interviews after and they said the Kevin De Bruyne is, um, why didn't he hit the free kick? He was like, Mares asked, could he take it? And I just said, you know, if you believe in yourself, go for it. I was like, that's the most new age fucking hippie thing. Oh he was my like, God. Oh, mate, I'm Kevin De Bruyne. <laughs> yeah, I hit exactly. free kicks. He was just, he was just like, All right, we're, we're winning. Go for it. And at that point, uh, like it was 1-1 one, one. so yeah. probably De Bruyne should have took the fucking things but he was just like yeah if you believe in yourself buddy I was like this is the Champions League semi-final this is no time for believing in yourself <laughs> do your job mate go stand up there I'm going to shoot you stand up there okay <laughs> I think that's the best sound clip we've ever done on injury yeah. <laughs> fucking um, excellent oh so moving on to uh, Thursday. Now this, hey, we'll talk about the upsets. Um, we'll start Villarreal against Arsenal. Uh, it finished up 2-1 to the Spaniards. Um, uh, Villarreal scoring twice in the first half. Uh, Caballos then getting a second yellow and sent off for Arsenal. 
it all looked, you know, pretty dire for uh, the North Londoners. And then uh, Pepe scored a penalty in the 73rd minute. And then Eddie and Capu got sent off for Villarreal. So Arsenal have got the away goal, but it, there's still all to do in the second leg. I watched, I think uh, I've seen like a game and a half Villarreal were playing. And I've mm-hmm. seen there being tired as like an outside chance for this. Mm-hmm. How, like way, how way back, is, I, yeah. I thought they were good. And then... 2-1 against Arsenal. I think everybody thought, oh, Arsenal United final. Yeah. Villarreal are not going quietly into the night. And they were a home team. Now, Arsenal have an away goal, but Villarreal can score yeah. and are now going to Arsenal. So exactly. if, they, if it's a 1-0, it's fucking lights out, Arsenal. So um, they got to do that. Especially, I mean, both going down to 10 men, even if it's for the last 10 minutes, yeah. is a big thing because those two players obviously can't play the next round. So true. We'll see what happens. Very true. Um, like I said, what, the, since the quarterfinals at Villarreal are my outside shot, so yeah, uh, call me Nostradamus, but uh, we'll move on to uh, a game. Uh, Old Trafford, uh, Manchester United against Roma. Holy shit, what a game of football. Yeah, um, very, very tense game of football because it, it sort of wasn't going well straight away. Yeah. No. Well, well <laughs> the, fir- nice. the first half was like, but it must have been a good team talk, put it that way. Cause... Yeah, no, I, I genuinely think United played well in the first half. Yeah, because they were only down a goal. Was a reward for it. Yeah, yeah, they they scored early on, like the tenth minute with uh, Fernandez. But uh, yeah, Roma had I don't know rocket up their hole or something like that. Must be because their manager was dressed like one of the Peaky Blinders and <laughs> um, with a flat cap and all. Um, but yeah, Jacko, he's still alive, um, and he loves to score against United. Um, yeah. But yeah, second half, Jesus fucking Christ! And also, do you know who almost scored against United? Chris Smalling. I was, going, I, was, United, I was like, don't let Chris Smalling <laughs> score against you, please. Um, last time I was doing the comedy store in Manchester, on my flight back, uh, the United team were flying out to Paris to play PSG. Mm-hmm. And I saw, yeah, there was Chris Smalling, David De Gea and Aaron Wan-Bissaka. I saw them. Every, like Everybody was like swarming them. And I was just like, I'm going to get a pint. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, you want an autograph, little boy? I'm a West Ham fan. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And nothing about me is little mate. And then I showed him my penis. Um, <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, in the second half, uh, yeah, it was just all United all the way. Edison Cavani, I can't remember if it was his first or the second goal he scored, but I think that is definitely the best goal of the week. Uh, it was, you know, that one, it was like Fernandez got it into him just on the edge of the box. And it was proper postage stamp, top corner. Yeah, uh, it was really, he, really cool. Just and, and how how hard he hit it as well. I mean, like, man, I would literally throw a blank checkbook at Edison Cavani for next season. It's it's mad as well about I mean him just coming in and people are like oh he's done yeah start for Cavani even just against Roma himself because obviously he played in Italy mm-hmm. he has scored ten goals in thirteen appearances against Roma he yeah. fucking loves scoring against Roma loves it he loves it yeah I know uh, Bruno Fernandez getting a penalty as well so uh, at when it was four uh, two two goals for Cavani and then two goals for Fernandez which you know you have to say bar Luke Shaw. And I would say Scott McTominay, they're your best players this season. Most improved would definitely be Pogba, who gave away a, a controversial penalty at the start of the game. But yeah. controversial in the sense that it's harsh to give, but by the letter of the law, it was a penalty, you know? Um, you uh, just don't, yeah. you don't like to see it. Um, but then Bruno Fernandez assisting with Pogba's goal in the 75th minute. And then uh, Greenwood comes on in the 76th minute. Ten minutes later, he makes it 6-2. Yeah. Um, good to see Greenwood. But also, I mean, if I remember, I can't remember. I think it was Fernandez gave up his hat trick basically to be like, here's the ball. You know, one yeah. of those that he can shoot himself. But it's very, very good. good uh, and, the sa- and the same with uh, Edison Cavani, because Bruno Fernandez took the penalty in the 71st minute, which would have given uh, Cavani the hat trick. And it would have been a second half hat trick. Uh, yeah. in like what 25 minutes 25 minutes after like, that would have been amazing but no fair, fair enough I, I doubt that the, the egos are that bad where they're looking like you know fuck's sake I could have taken that and stuff like that uh, but yeah Bruno Fernandez is pretty much their uh, like designated penalty taker this year isn't he so yeah fair, fair no, play to him like it's good uh, to see because obviously they, they did make a sweat in the first half but mm-hmm. yeah 
you'll take it. Exactly. I don't. I don't see Roma doing anything in the reverse fixture. So, uh, barring a miracle. Hey, miracles happen in European in European football. So very true. Very true. Anything. <laughs> uh, moving on to Friday, uh, Friday night's game. Uh, this is quite a shock to me. Um, Leicester Southampton finished one-one with uh, uh, Vestergaard getting sent off in the tenth minute. Yeah, but Johnny, I, 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 I watched this and once thing uh-huh. on Dennis hey, man, I was like, well, I guess that's that. And yeah. fucking Southampton scored first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jamie War, uh, James Ward Price with a penalty, but then yeah. Johnny Evans equalizes. What yeah. is happening? <laughs> Is this, 2000, is this 2009 again? Yeah, is this 2009? He's back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Where's David Healy? Oh, yeah, he's managing Linfield. Let's not talk about that. Um, <laughs> speaking of the Northern Irish Premiership, uh, Carrick Rangers uh, beat Dungannon 2-0 uh, in Dungannon. Uh, yeah, uh, there's a sending off in the second half for Carrick, but yeah, seemed pretty, uh, what's the word? Cut and dry? Cut and dry. There we go. Yeah. You're always finishing with sandwiches. Um, so uh, the Premier League, uh, the Premier League games for Saturday. So yesterday, Manchester. Whoa, whoa, whoa. hang on, hang on, hang on. Mm-hmm. What's in the sandwich? <laughs> you Sorry, stop, Saturday. You, Premier League you, Saturday. You stop my flow for that. <laughs> so the I'm Premier League. <laughs> um, uh, Crystal Palace uh, were at home against Man City. They lost 2-0. Um, uh, yeah, Sergio Aguero scoring uh, after starting again. Uh, and then Torres also. So, uh, yeah, they need, what, one more win and then they, they capture the league? Yeah. Who's, who's, their last game? who's their last game? Because it's going to be their last game. So. Oh, fuck, I don't know. Um, uh, yeah. so it's, someone will we'll find out. Um, <laughs> Brighton uh, beat Leeds 2-0 at home. What the fuck? Shot. Shock of the week, Brighton yeah. scoring at home. Yeah, exactly, twice. And Daddy Welbeck on the score sheet as well. And Leeds not scoring, very strange. Um, Chelsea, 2-0 winners uh, with two goals from Kai Havertz uh, over Fulham. And Aston Villa beat Everton 2-1. Uh, Ollie Watkins and El Ghazi getting the goals. And uh, Calvert-Lewin back in the Everton squad. Uh, talking point, because I know you, we had the big resurgence. Is Fulham mm-hmm. done? What do you think? Are you going yeah. back on your, I think, phone can be saved? No. No, done. This is Just ran out of steam? Yeah, I think so. I think, like, maybe... Um, I don't think... I think with Fulham, like, the renovations they're doing to Craven Cottage and stuff like that, I think that would have affected their form if there was a crowd involved at Craven Cottage. Um, yeah. So I don't necessarily think that would have made a, a, a huge amount of difference to them. Now, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I like Scott Parker... I know he played for Tottenham, but he also, you know, was a loyal servant to West Ham. And um, uh, it's one of those things where I'm like, yeah, I hope I hope he does well. And he sounds like he's doing the monologue bit in uh, Park Life every time he talks. But, you know, it's just not to be. Um, you were talking about, as well, sorry, the other game to go to, uh, if Fulham are gone. Mm-hmm. Another team who are probably have, have taken a dip. Uh, both teams, actually, Everton and Villa. Yeah. Uh, did you see El Ghazi's goal? No, I did not. There was a lot of great goals this week. El Ghazi's one. Uh, yeah. Go watch the highlights of this game. I watched, uh, watched about the first half, and then I, I saw the highlights at the end of it because mm-hmm. it, it was one-one at halftime. Definitely worth a watch. Some banging goals this week, by the yeah. way, uh, between it's, European it's, football and the Premier League. So it's, it's just one of those weeks. Um, so on Saturday, the 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 table has split up into two um, for the Irish League. So there's the relegation group and the championship group. We'll start off with the relegation group. Uh, Balamina beat Glenavon 3-1. And Warren Point uh, got a final three points against Portadown. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and then in the championship bracket... Uh, Colerain beat Cliftonville 2-0 at home. Glen Torren and Linfield ended 0-0. And uh, yeah, we'll get to this. Crusaders got beat by Lauren 3-1. Um, you know, first half, uh, set piece, Clark scored a pretty good goal. Um, it bounced back from a free kick. Uh, but then second half, you know, three unanswered goals. And like, you can look at that and say like, uh, from the scoreline, just watching it, going like, uh, you know, Sean O'Neill probably didn't have the best game in Nets, but he played great, like, throughout the whole game. And there wasn't, like, there's, in the defence, 
uh, two of the goals, you just you can really say anything about the defending because there was there was no big glaring mistakes or you know nobody left unmarked in the box and stuff like that. It was just good strikes and good goals. Um, so as much as I, it sounds like I'm being biased and stuff like that. Of course, Lauren deserved all three points because they played well. But two of the goals, just it was they were just goals. You know, you get them in games where you're like, there's nothing you can do about that. It's one of those ones. Um, but hey, uh, it was what like three, four games unbeaten there. It was a decent we run. <laughs> Let's see if yeah, we can look, beat that <laughs> next season. Well, I was going to say with with your your Irish league teams. There are so many teams who can beat every other team because that's the level. We're yeah. not, we're not running a league, because uh, fucking what three of the teams have money, Do you know yeah. that kind of way. So yeah. everyone else is just having a go. Exactly. Um, so we'll move on to the games today. Uh, I was watching the updates of this game while I was also watching your game uh, today. So uh, the last old firm of the season, Rangers beat Celtic four one. <laughs> yeah, I, like we cover a lot of it. Is it just me or is the old firm every fucking two weeks? Sorry, <laughs> I know I know. we probably have people that listen to this who actually like Celtic or Rangers. I just can't fucking get into Scottish football at all. Man, uh, yeah, it, it's it's happened quite a lot uh, this this season. But yeah, uh, red card for uh, Cal McGregor after a second yellow in the 26th minute. Um, uh, and then, yeah, Morales scores against uh, uh, Celtic for the second time in a row. So he's definitely broke his stuck against Celtic, and you'll never guess who scored in the ninety-second minute. Uh, who? Jermaine Defoe. Is he still alive? He is still alive. We we I know we talked about players that are forty-eight. Uh, <laughs> Defoe's thir- it's got to be thirty-nine. 39? Oh, has 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 to be there. I'm not I'm not quite sure what age he is, but keep talking. I must know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm checking it too. Jermaine Defoe, thirty-eight years old. Oh, so like if that was a pub quiz, I'd be annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, um, not not bad for the old thirty-eight-year-old. Um, I think he should have retired after he left Toronto FC. Uh, personally, actually, no, retire after he left West Ham. Mate. <laughs> it's just downhill from there. And yeah, that was all the games this week. You ready for some story time? As always, I, I've specifically asked not to be told what story time is this week. So story time me up. Scotty. <laughs> Let, let's get into it. Darren, uh, this week uh, we're talking about NHL enforcer uh, Derek Bugard. Have you ever hey. heard have you ever heard of uh, Derek the Boogeyman Bugard? I have heard the name and I've heard the nickname, but I have yeah. no idea about the guy. Well, let's get into her. Um so uh, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. This is you doing story time. Is he dead? Yes. Oh, for fuck's sake! All right, cool. I'm on. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the, well, that's one of the qualifications. Like, uh, you you need to be dead to be on story time. <laughs> Jordan will never. Jordan will never ever end a story time with. Uh, yeah, he's retired in Florida. Just plays golf every day for Plato. <laughs> Great career. Good guy. Massive pile up. Seventeen dead. <laughs> So, um, Derek Bugard was born on the 23rd of June in 1982 and was a Canadian professional uh, ice hockey player who played in the left wing for NHL franchises, the Minnesota Wild and the New York Rangers. Now, um, you are aware, but for some people who are not aware of the different types of roles there are in ice hockey teams and stuff like that, um, Derek Bugard was the prototype of a enforcer. Uh, so, basically, a guy who fights like every single game, which, yeah. you know, might, uh, might not score terrible passer, but he will beat the shit out of you. Exactly. Yeah. He's a, he's a big unit. Like, so uh, as a native of Saskatchewan in Canada, where he grew up in several different communities as the son of a Mountie police officer, um, he was uh, primarily known, as I said, as a fighter or enforcer throughout his career, all the way from junior hockey through the WHL um, all the way up to the majors. Um, uh, he his fighting prowess earned him the nicknames uh, the Boogeyman and the Mountie and uh, made him a fan favorite and in 2007 was voted the second most intimidating player in the NHL just behind Georges Laroque. Okay. Do, um, do you know who Georges Laroque is? Well I'm guessing he's another person who used to beat the shit out of people. Uh, yeah but like but he like, I remember I got to see him play live once 
Um, it was a Montreal Canadiens game against Philadelphia in Philadelphia. And man, like Philadelphia has this big uh, uh, kind of, what, what would you call it? Like, uh, I don't know. People kind of think of them. They have this kind of trait of being obviously the Broad Street bullies, uh, being a really tough and physical team to play against. And yeah. like George Laurent coming in, and like I, th- I think it was Hal Gill hit there, uh, hit Mark Savard for the Canadians. George Laurent literally didn't even wait for a line change, straight off the bench, <laughs> straight down to him. Like, and Hal Gill, he is a big unit, like he's six something, um, but like he was a big old guy. Um, so uh, all through his minor league career. Um, uh, he found out that uh, with his work ethic and stuff like that and his bodily proportions. So by the age of 15, he was six foot two. Okay. <laughs> I mean, like I'm 28 and I'm not six foot two yet. So <laughs> that's, that's a big lad. Like, <laughs> he is a big unit. Um, uh, so yeah, his uh, just because he had long legs, long arms, uh, quite a muscly body. Uh, it wasn't like he was going to be like the next Sidney Crosby and stuff like that, or the next Wayne Gretzky who have like smaller stature and it enables them to play a different brand of hockey than do, uh, than Bugard would have been able to play. So he just had to take that role if he wanted to make it to the NHL and be a professional hockey player. He kind of just needed to, to put his nose to the grindstone and literally take not just one for a team, but several punches each game for a team. Um, which, yeah. you know, obviously, as we'll get into, had a, a very big impact on his life. Um, and also his skull. Oh, yes, yes, <laughs> mainly his skull. Um, but uh, so he was approached by scouts um, from the Regina Pats of the WHL, which is the Western Hockey League in Canada. Um, when he was approached, uh, it was not because the scouts were there to watch him play. It was the scouts were scouting another player who was, I'm not, I think it was Brent Seabrook from the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, They were scouting him for a potential move to the Regina Pats, but then they saw Derek Bugard get in a fight and obviously seeing his stature and like how big the guy was and how intimidating they, uh, they invited him for tryouts, but unfortunately it didn't. um, When he made it to Regina, he played something like five games before he was traded to the uh, the Moose Jaw Warriors and uh, led the 1998-1999 season um, with two goals, which, hey, you know, he's not known to score goals, so and I doubt they were empty netters, like, so uh, five points in 35 games, but in those 35 games, you know how many penalty minutes he got? Uh... Fuck, I don't know. What, what's what's a what's a a, a penalty for fighting? Is it five minutes? hundred. A hundred and sixty-six penalty okay. minutes in thirty-five five. games. So he, he couldn't keep out of the fucking thing. <laughs> he, no, he, he like he was renting that fucking penalty box, like. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, all through this time, uh, being an enforcer was taking a toll on his body and stuff like that, and um, especially with his time with the Prince George Cougars. Um, it, it, it was like, literally it was, imagine a boxer has several months in a training camp before, uh, a fight happens. And obviously I know I'm not equating boxing and ice hockey fighting to the exact same thing. Um, because obviously longer rounds and stuff like that, and it's sanctioned fighting. But if you think about it, it is literally like a street brawl that lasts from like, it can be over in one punch or it can last, you know, the guts of two minutes. Um, but it's happening like almost every game, especially at this time when enforcers were in vogue. Um, so it was it was very difficult for Bugard to uh, kind of keep up the momentum of uh, thinking that, yes, he, all, he needs to get on the ice. He needs to defend his team. He needs to beat this guy in a fight. But he also needs to prove that he is worth being kept in the team. Because the, when people are looking to cut from a team, the first place they always go to is enforcers because they're not getting any goals or they're not getting any assists or many points on the season. Like So they're always the first ones to go. But um, in 2001, uh, he defied everybody who said anything about him and he was drafted, um, albeit in the seventh round, 220, uh, 202nd pick overall by the Minnesota <laughs> Wild. 
but hey, the man did it. And I'm, yeah. And and this is uh, like going through this, this will be uh, the reasons why I still think he's number one, one of my favorite hockey players of all time. I'm not saying he's my favorite, but he's definitely one of them. Um, but uh, after when he was drafted, he obviously, it took some time for him to get up to the uh, NHL. Uh, I think it was like maybe three or four seasons before he played his first official NHL game after getting drafted. Um, but he he went back to, uh, with uh, Medicine Hat Tigers uh, playing there. Um, and then, yeah, sorry. So his first game was 2003 for the Minnesota Wild, but they placed uh, him on waivers to the Louisiana Ice Skaters, which was the farm team of the Minnesota Wild at that point. Um, and his coaches uh, uh, were told to develop him as an enforcer. So not only has he been an enforcer this whole time, but now that he's got to the pinnacle of the sport, the NHL, he is being uh, kind of like, I wouldn't necessarily say demoted, but it's definitely a step down to work on what he has been doing his whole career. Well, ha- haven't they, I mean, in the sport, haven't they kind of, the game has evolved to reduce the work of the enforcer. The enforcer was obviously, there's going to be a little guy who's fucking brilliant, mm-hmm. which means that the other team's enforcer is going to be gunning for him. Yeah. So if somebody gets in your way, if somebody's bullying that guy, you have to nail him. That was the enforcer's job, as you said. Yeah. You've got your, your different lines in hockey, so there's a mm-hmm. lot of players coming on off the ice. But if yeah. you get sent out at the right time, your job is to protect that guy. Exactly. As you yeah. said, they're doing very little themselves. They got a stick, they got a helmet, they got skates, but it's a lot of following people and being sent on to people. Very true. Um, I think the best way to describe it is that they are kind of like bouncers at a nightclub. So you can think about it like they don't necessarily instigate penalty or instigate fights or anything like that. But you see, it's the medium-sized players you have to look out for, man. Because if the medium-sized player hits the small player, that's when the enforcers get involved. So when yeah. you think about it, like all these guys, all these dickheads going into bars, like they're okay to go in if they're just drinking. But you see, once they, I don't know, like get in a fight or something like that, that's when the enforcers come in. And that's the way I kind of look at it. Um, but yeah, so obviously getting sent down to the, uh, the ice skaters in the ECHL. Um, uh, but he says, and he's quoted as saying this in his diary, that this gave him a, a, a great work ethic to get back to the place that he was. Um, with the Minnesota Wild and uh, in 33 games with Louisiana Bugard had three goals three points along with a team high of let's just say 33 games 204 uh, 240 penalty minutes and two playoff games <laughs> two playoff games but a lot of time in the fucking city yeah exactly um so uh this was really the time where he uh, started to feel the effects of being the enforcer. Conic pain from older injuries grew during his time in the minors. His shoulder ached from his collarbone fracture. Um, one morning his back was his back pain was so intense that he couldn't that he couldn't lace up his own skates. But the team doctors frequently dispensed various medications to players so they could cope with the pain and the stressful schedule. And Bugard is said to have been taken advantage um, of this when he was getting uh, like pain pills and stuff like that and literally just using it as like a band-aid just to get back on the ice because that's that's pretty much all he knew as a kid was just playing hockey and all the way through throughout his career he just didn't want that to stop so obviously he took the he went down the avenue of yeah I'm going to use these things that enable me to do my job and he didn't necessarily think of it as such an issue um but uh the next season he was assigned to the Houston Arrows um uh of the ahl so that's like the if you think about it in terms of the premiership uh, it's the championship so it's just a level below the nhl um and the, the games they're they're very good quality games there's a lot of people who come up and down from the nhl all the time through their farm teams and then obviously the nhl teams so the quality is quite high and there, there would be smaller towns you know there wouldn't be necessarily like you know uh, Los Angeles or uh, uh, Seattle or stuff like that being in the ECHL, but then uh, you get you get smaller towns, kind of like Syracuse in New York, um, uh, Charlotte in North in North Carolina uh, is another example, and stuff like that. They all have their farm teams, um, 
But yeah, so he was sent down there. Um, he had no goals, but he got four points. So that uh, so a point basically means if uh, you were uh, got an assist, a goal, or anything like that, you get a point uh, in fifty three games. And uh, he had two hundred and seven penalty minutes uh, with Houston, and in the playoffs appeared in two games, earning an assist while posting uh, sixteen minute penalties. So sixteen penalty minutes through the. Um, uh, that playoff run with the uh, with Houston and uh, we'll probably do an episode about this in the future but in 2004 and 2005 the NHL had a lockout after a dispute about player pay um, but we'll probably do that in a different uh, uh, story time because you, you really need to get into it um, but uh, in 2005 and 2006 this is when Bugard cemented himself in the NHL um, with his debut season, he made the wild roster coming out of the training camp uh, and saw and was seen as an intimidating effect or uh, intimidating factor on other teams and opposing coaches, um, as well as being uh, one of the youngest players to have a propensity for winning fights. Um, his first fight uh, came and his first win, incidentally, uh, came over the Calgary Flames. Uh, and that was a team uh, that was in the same division as Minnesota. In that time, the, the divisions have obviously changed now because of COVID. But um, yeah, this is when he kind of just pretty much cemented himself um, as a fan favorite enforcer. And later on that year, uh, while playing the San Jose Sharks, um, he beat uh, goaltender Evgeny Nabokov uh, with scoring two goals in one game in a 6-1 win over the San Jose Sharks which, hey, that was amazing. His rookie season finished with two goals, six points, uh, and he led the Wild with 158 penalty minutes in 65 games. Another. Okay, so, I mean, I mean this, this is this, these are the stats of him coming into his prime. So mm-hmm. how long did he stay at basically top of his game before it went bad? Because yeah. there's a lot, a lot of fucking physicality on your body. As, as bad as it sounds, uh, up until his death, he he was like the enforcer in the league, which is crazy. So he played like a number of different seasons from 2005 to 2007 with the Minnesota Wild. Um, uh, uh, he ended up then signing a multi-million uh, dollar contract with uh, one of the original six teams, uh, New York Rangers. And okay. uh, there was a lot of pressure piled on him because uh, normally uh, like goon or sorry enforcers and stuff like that aren't really seen as big money acquisitions and like you know people are going to be looking for a solid defenseman or a good playmaker or sniper or something like that they're not necessarily looking for someone who'll knock your bollocks in like so uh, it was pretty huge um but yeah in the 2008-2009 season um he was dealing with a number of different uh issues he had a shoulder surgery to uh, repair a torn muscle he had at this point um i think i've skipped over this but he has had more than like something like 75 games missed with broken noses um his knuckles (laughs) his knuckles were pushed back halfway up his arm and to the back of his hand um and that is unfortunately uh after the surgery when he was prescribed uh this drug percocet uh this is when the addiction became very bad and oh. uh, he, uh, you know, big guy, like twenty stone. Uh, six, uh, when he died, he was six foot seven, uh, and he'd go through like thirty pills in like a day, which you know, and he would. That's, that's gotta be fucking lethal. Overdose dose. Yeah, uh, and he was said to take eight to ten at a time to get any effect, just because his body had kind of, you know. Uh, acclimatized to the dosages he was getting so he was his tolerance was just going up and up and up and he just kept increasing the dosage that he was taking um so uh yeah uh, at the time of his death he was known to be taking 11 different uh um pain relief medications um and he he frequented uh because he had a apartment in uh, minneapolis in minnesota where obviously the minnesota wild were playing um uh, and the night of his death, uh, 
he was seen at the bar and drank several different Bloody Marys. So I think I think I watched one documentary that said six and another said four. So you kind of you're not really sure. But uh, his blood toxicology returned, saying that he had uh, oxycontin and. Uh, uh, heavy strength cocodamol in his body at that time and an unknown barbiturate as well um but uh i doubt it was intravenous drugs or anything like that but it, it's just stated on his death uh, or his toxicology report as an unknown barbiturate well i do know that oxycontin is that one that's described as hillbilly heroin which yeah. is a totally legalized painkiller but that's mad that he was taking so much just to perform yeah, he wasn't like he wasn't taking time off. He mm. had the surgeries. He was just in bits from his career, yeah. basically. Yeah. Now, here's without interrupting your story too much. Mm-hmm. Does the NHL not have any kind of? Um, is there no like governing body that looks after yeah. players yeah. or what they're taking, or or well, is it something that was founded after? No, no, no. We'll get to this now. Um, so, uh, in response to all this kind of stuff with the NHL. Um, obviously, uh, as of speaking now, as of 2021, uh, their stance is uh, they're trying to eliminate any form of head injury from the game. Um, so, like, people don't have to follow down the same road as Bear, uh, Derek Bugard had to go down. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, the, he was sent um, at, a, at the end of his time with Minnesota and with New York. He was sent to a drug re- rehabilitation um, clinic in California twice. Um, but after the first time, he just kind of saw it as a necessary evil, like something he had to do. And this wasn't like he was doing it for fun. Like he wasn't getting a high out of it. It, This was just to normalize, to stop things from hurting, which is very, very sad. And, you know, and like, you can even say it in his later games, uh, when he had fights with New York and stuff like that, you could see that there was a clear, it was a clearly different player. Um, because he was battling with concussions, you know, broken wrist or broken hand, uh, cracked knuckles, uh, broken nose, fractured cheekbone, all that kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, um, he was found in his Minneapolis apartment, uh, overdosed on drugs and uh, obviously really bad. Um, uh, they found a prescription uh, in his house for 30 milligrams of Percocet and Oxycontin. Uh, the oxycontin was 60 milligram, but uh, with the Percocet, there was a double, you know, um, like when you get a receipt for something, there's like the white piece of paper and it's like a pink or a yellow stub, like kind of like a receipt almost. Uh, they found it in a drawer, there was a, like a drawer full of these uh, prescription receipts uh, for the exact same thing which, you know, would put any normal person in an early grave. And unfortunately, uh, that's what happened with Derek Bugard. He died at 28. He was only 28. Fuck. 20 Do you know what as well? Old. Like, the, as you said, what was he? Six foot, what did you say? Six foot seven? Six, seven. Stone? Six, seven. That's a big dude. Like, that's a lot of, that's a lot of tranquilizers and drugs that would sort of needed to take that guy out. But yeah, that's a very, it's a very short lifespan and obviously the abuse his body took over the time to be paid to do what he does. And I, I mean, from that, I can totally see why the NHL is trying to move away from the enforcer's role then because very, very they're true. like, well, this guy was a fucking animal and look what happened. Yeah. Um, in regards to Gary Bateman, he's the commissioner of the NHL and the NHL stance on head injuries um, in the past, say like if you're talking like 10 years, they have done everything in their power to kind of reduce head injuries, everything apart from fighting. So okay. te- technically fighting is not legal in ice hockey. You are going to receive a five minute penalty uh, or possible game misconduct, uh, depending on the situation of the fight. And when asked about why don't you just have, uh, you know, suspensions for any fights whatsoever, um, Gary Bateman, literally, this is verbatim what he said, there is not much appetite from any party involved for this to happen, be it uh, the NHL owners, uh, the players or the fans. And I'm like, that, that, that statement alone is scarier than the, the realization that all this kind of thing is happening, where they are very aware that, you know, all the, there's a laundry list of different enforcers, like, uh, for example, Knuckles Nyland, Charles Nyland, um, uh, had a very bad heroin addiction after his stints with the Montreal Canadiens 
and I've, the the documentary. I've seen, his, I've seen I've seen his documentary. It's phenomenal, amazing documentary. Um, uh, his stint with the Montreal Canadiens and Boston Bruins and stuff like that. And you know, there's a list as long as your arms. There's some people that have obviously been able to have the kind of persona of an enforcer and get away with it relatively unscathed. But then there's people like needing plates in their face to recover from broken eye sockets and stuff. So as much of a person, like I love ice hockey a lot. I, I love watching it. I love playing it. And looking at it now, I think the worst thing about ice hockey now is the fighting. And I understand that is it, it, it is an avenue that some players can go down to make it in the big leagues and stuff like that. And I understand that. But like when it's risking people's safety, I, I just feel like the the cons outweigh the pros. If you know yeah, what I mean. It's um it, but if you go on there and then it's people are like you go to YouTube and you want to watch highlights, yeah, and you type in ice hockey highlights, there's yeah. gonna be a fighting video. It's gonna be mm-hmm. something it's modern day gladiators. Um I think exactly. like Ice Gladiators was the ice other documentary I watched, yeah. which was all about the enforcers. Mm-hmm. And some of them have a really fucking sad life where they're like, yeah. Oh, this is all I know how to do, and you're just like, this exactly. is grim. There's the funny um, version of that, which is the movie The uh, Goon. The which, Goon, yeah. that, Even that shows like the bad side of it, where they're exactly just yeah. at fighting competitions, which is exactly. kind of sad. Yeah, real, real sad. Um, there's also someone we're uh, looking to get onto the podcast, uh, an old enforcer who uh, played in the NHL with the Buffalo Sabres, has been all over the different leagues in America, uh, but has also played here in Belfast, a guy called Sean McMorrow. Um, okay. who uh, we are uh, currently in contact with again the podcast, uh, shall we say. And uh, hopefully we'll get him on in the next couple of weeks um, so you guys can hear it, uh, you know, from the horse's mouth, from an actual enforcer who has played in the NHL um, to, like, have his opinion on the whole thing. But, uh, yeah, just to, to round it up, RIP the boogeyman. Um, yeah, some player. Rest in peace, you mad fucker. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Do you reckon he's up in heaven, like just kicking the fuck out of, you know, St. Peter or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he's <laughs> not. <laughs> thought I heard my name there. Sorry, what was that? <laughs> he's, uh, he's like the, he's the new bouncer. It's not, you know, St. Peter at the gates. It's now Derek Bugard at the gates. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, that was story time this week. Sad, but as always, sad. <laughs> yeah, sad, very sad, so sad. Um, so yeah, uh, we'll get on to the games to watch. I'll give you your three questions, and uh, just to remind you, Darren, I'm going fucking hard this week. Yes, you were very annoyed because I had a trick. Good and no week, kissing, so. like so. Yeah. Uh, let's get these games to watch so I can I can watch you cry. <laughs> uh, so we'll start off obviously on Monday. With the Premier League matches, the Black Country uh, Black Country Derby with West Brom and Wolves, and the Battle of the Clarendon Blue, Burnley host West Ham at Turf Moor. Hopefully, we'll bounce back. Um, Big game. You got six points to catch up. You can still do this. You can yeah. still do this. Positive mental attitude. We can do this, lads. Uh, moving on to Tuesday, we'll start off with the Northern Irish Premiership matches in the relegation group. Uh, there's Carrick Rangers, Ballymena, Dungan and Warren Point, and Glen Avon Portadown. Uh, more importantly, in the championship group, uh, Clifton Villa against Lauren, Glen Torren are against Coleraine, and Linfield are hosting Crusaders. For the love of God, please take points off David Healy. You can do it, Stephen Baxter. I believe in you. I believe in the whole fucking team. There's not a bad fucking sinner about you. Please, just at okay. least a point. At least a point. Uh, second leg of the Champions League on Tuesday night, uh, Man City hosts PSG at the Etihad. Oh, come on, PSG. Fuck it. Okay, you're calling it. Um, Let's do it. I, 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 I love a good um I love a good romantic ending, but I think at this point Man City may have done the work, but we'll yeah. see. Because they yeah. had to win well, the Paris. Normally hundred percent be behind City being, you know, the team from England and stuff like that. But now just because of the whole Super League thing, I'm just like, nah, fuck you. You don't deserve my, yeah. my support. Um, and then on Wednesday night, uh, Chelsea hosts Real Madrid for the second leg of their tie, which ended 1-1. So it's all to play for. Although Chelsea do have the away goal. Yes. So we'll see what happens when they get them back into Stamford Bridge. 
Very difficult. Um, moving on to Thursday, the second legs of the Europa League semi-finals. Arsenal host Villarreal and AS Roma host Man United. Um, I, I hope Arsenal can do it. I definitely do because I would love to do an episode with Shane and Dave with a United-Arsenal uh, final. I think that would be great. Um, yeah. And obviously, I think United are, I know it's a little bit too early to say, but home and host into the final after their 6-2 win in the first leg. Um, but, however, this might mean that the, the next game might be awful to watch because obviously Roma will be hitting them with everything they can get, but United might that. just United might just decide to fuck it and hold on to it, which will mm-hmm. be horrible to watch. Um, okay, so moving on to the Premiership on Saturday, uh, Leeds are against Tottenham, potential for a good game. Um, Manchester City uh, play Chelsea. Uh, we say potential hopefully, for a hopefully good game. game. Hopefully, game of the week. But we we say this every time, but uh, that yeah. you know sometimes doesn't work yeah, out. The big teams have not been delivering big games. They really like, haven't. Like stuff like Everton, Leicester was better. You know, our, yeah. sorry, Everton Villa the other night was great. Exactly. Versus, yeah, I mean, yeah, United Liverpool have to reschedule their game. So fuck exactly. those, that's going to be. But yeah, yeah, no, I would hope that Man City Chelsea would be a good game. But they played. I'm trying. I think I watched the last Man City yeah, the Chelsea semi-final. Great. Yeah, the so. semi-final of the Epic uh, um, Cup. Epic Cup, Epic Cup, yeah. Uh, and also, uh, we round uh, Saturday off with Liverpool against Southampton at Anfield. I don't know how that'll end up, but sure, we'll see. Um, moving on to Sunday, the two games we're going to look at, Aston Villa are at home against United. Yep. I could see United taking three points there, and West Ham host Everton. Hopefully, yeah. After West Ham at home as well. So. Exactly. Yeah, that'll probably be best. And yeah, that's all the games to watch this week. Are you fucking ready for your questions? I'm taking you off your perch, son. I you're very annoyed, but yes, <laughs> um, exactly. Makes you feel any better? It makes you feel any better? I'm already sore, so yeah, you can make you can make me hurt emotionally. I don't know why I have this chip on my shoulder, and like, I'm just angry all the time. Um, right, okay, so uh, with our uh, story time this week, they will all be revolved around ice hockey. Oh, shit, okay. <laughs> so good, good luck with that, buddy. Uh, okay, before the Vancouver Canucks were the main team in Vancouver, British Columbia, what was the team from Vancouver called? Before the Canucks? Yeah. Is this a multiple choice? Nope. Oh, for fuck. Well, I don't know. Vancouver Millionaires. Never would have got that in a really? million fucking years. In a million years, no. <laughs> in a million never, I've, ne- I've never heard that before. Yeah. No, uh, yeah, that was the, um, I think it predates the NHL when it was the NHA, which was the National Hockey Association. But um, okay. so not a good start. Told you I was going hard. <laughs> so uh, question number two. Now, this is worth two points. So you could get it back hypothetically. Okay. The three out of three this week. So, name the six teams of the original six. So, name the six? Yeah, so it's the original six teams who founded the NHL. Why is this worth two? Okay, if I get three right, do I get one point? Sure. Is that how you figure out this is a two-pointer? Sure. <laughs> okay. Uh, New York Rangers. Correct. Boston Bruins. Correct. Toronto Maple Leafs. Correct. Okay, you've got a point. Chicago Blackhawks. Correct. And the Montreal Canadiens. Correct. One more. Sixth team. Uh, I'm very sorry for people listening. This is probably very fucking boring. I'm going to um, be so impressed if you get this. <coughs> I should know this. Did I get... Oh, I've already said Chicago. Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah. Oh, this is going to melt me. Because obviously it had to be where they could all get through in yeah. a fucking bus. Yeah. So they're all close by, mm-hmm. and the and um, is Philadelphia Flyers the other one? Wait, no, Philadelphia. Did you not say Philadelphia? No. Did you not? No. So it's no. Philadelphia, New York. <laughs> I have to check these down. Philadelphia, Boston. New York, Chicago, Boston, Toronto, Toronto. It says yeah, that's six. But the, yeah, but then we're. No, Philadelphia mustn't be. Yeah, no, Philadelphia is not. Oh, fuck. All right, one point then. Jesus, who are they? It's saying you don't know now. Detroit, Detroit Red Wings. Detroit Red Wings. Oh, okay, there you go. Bastard. Okay. Why do you think Philadelphia? 
Uh, no, I'll give you those two points because I got that confused. So uh, technically, uh, two for two. Uh, I don't. Moving... I don't. I don't want. I don't. I don't want to win on Friday. Oh I'll no, no, no! This is not. Okay. This is not charity. This is you. You have deserved this. Uh, moving on to the last question of today. In two thousand and four, what former NHL star moved to Belfast to play for the Belfast Giants? Two thousand and four, like the first season. Oh, was the first season? 2000? 2000. Uh, who moved? I have no idea. Theo Flory. Okay. Yeah, still no idea. Still no idea? <laughs> A Stanley Cup winner who played for Belfast. No, no. I knew that they had guys who were coming over after they kind of finished out their careers or like the young players, but I didn't. Yeah. I, don't, I, I haven't been to that many Giants games. Dead to me. I, I hear. Look, I got, I got one out of three. I'm happy hey, enough. No, you got two out of three. Okay, if you're, yeah, I, I can't tell. I can't tell if you're angry at me or you're trying to help. What the fuck is this split personality Both. shit going on right now? <laughs> Both, okay, Darren. No, um, I, I say I'm giving you two points, but neither of us are keeping score, and I am not li- listening back through 26 episodes to find out who's winning. So uh, I think, I think at this point we're only asking the questions so the people at home can join in. Exactly. Yeah, it's fun. It's interactive. It's a choose your own adventure podcast. <laughs> Um, so all that's left to do is uh, thank Rona for helping out with the research this week thanking uh, uh, thanking Johnny for uh, the Photoshop wizardry Um, Darren I would like to thank you for number one uh, playing uh, football for me like I was like some form of Roman emperor and you were just like a gladiator on the pitch kicking your man every time you got near him Uh, (laughs) uh, I would like to thank you very much for that I would like to thank myself for um, uh, not getting too mad about that cunt giving us one star review. Because <laughs> I was like, Jordan, don't go too far off the fucking deep end because like people are listening to this and they don't want to hear you get all mad about it and stuff like that. Wait, wait, look, I can fix this. Folks, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or yes. iTunes, please give us a review appropriate, not one, because you've, you've got this far into an R and exactly. a bit podcast. We must be all right. Give us a review. Five, please, if you think we're worth it. Yeah. One is no, just me. Yeah, right? no, I, I'm going I'm going out on a limb and saying this here. Five or, or nothing. Five or nothing. But if you feel very strongly about that you don't like the podcast, please get in touch via a direct message to me. Don't do it to Darren because Darren will come to your house. Uh, I I will talk it through with you, but you know, Darren knows a couple of people. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I, I was going to say, this is like when I MC gigs and I'm like, folks, if you had a great night tonight, tell your friends. And if you haven't had a great night, just remember touch get shot. Okay. <laughs> That's a perfect place to end. Uh, I've been Jordan Robinson. See you guys next I've, week. I've been Darren Matthews. Thank you guys. Bye.